You are listening to the Crossing Anchor Podcast in Detroit, Michigan. So glad to have you with us today. If this encourages you or helps, please share the word and bless others as well. Let's start with today's content. Hey church, how you doing? Cross and Anchor. Uh, it is your friend Fillmore Bose the third here with you today. Uh, I hope that you are having a great day so far. Uh, if you don't know who I am, uh, I am a friend uh, of your pastors, pastors uh, Josh and Emily, the lead family of Cross and Anchor Church, uh, and I hail from New York City, uh, the Big Apple, as some may call it. Not sure if anyone has ever been to New York, uh, but that's where I live currently, uh, six years there. But actually, I grew up in Detroit, uh, in the Detroit area, and it's just a real privilege and honor for me to be here. So I just want to say uh, that I love your church. I love what God is doing. Uh, we just celebrated our two-year anniversary, and how many know that the best is yet to come if you believe that, maybe you're watching this on Facebook or wherever, why don't you just put the best is yet to come in the chat uh, in Jesus' name. So, hey, um, I want to continue on uh, and in our series. Uh, you guys are in a series called The House That He Builds. I love that. Um, the House That He Builds. I love, uh, I love the church. I love building the church. Uh, I've been building the church uh, with my pastors, Josh and Georgie Kelsey, uh, and C3NYC for about six years now. And um, it is really, uh, truly an honor to build the house that God is building uh, in New York. And I'm believing the same for you guys in uh, the great city of Detroit. So, hey, I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 2. Uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, a bit of context for those uh, maybe uh, not so familiar, but even if you are familiar, how many know we always need to be reminded? Uh, Acts chapter 2. Uh, this is actually the inauguration of the church. The church is being born uh, in the book of Acts. Jesus has just resurrected uh, and he gives his disciples some instructions. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to wait until you receive something. You receive this gift, this gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, in true fashion, they are obedient. Around 120 of them are obedient to the instructions of Jesus. And they find themselves in an upper room somewhere near Jerusalem. And they are praying uh, and they are seeking the Lord in one accord. And then out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit begins to descend upon the room. Peter, by the way, if there's a most improved player award in the Bible, all my sports people, you know, the MIP award, Peter gets that award, by the way. Peter, just some 40 days ago, was denying Jesus. Now he stands up uh, when the Holy Spirit begins to descend in this room and people from all over are there witnessing. And he begins to preach a message of the gospel, a message of salvation, uh, declaring that what you see was actually what was prophesied uh, in the book of Joel. And it says that 3,000 people were added. So now there's about 3,000 plus the 120 plus maybe some more. We're not sure, but uh, that's where we find ourselves right now. And this is cool because we're going to the blueprint. Someone say the blueprint. Uh, the blueprint. And I'm going to read um, Acts uh, chapter 40, uh, Acts chapter 2. Uh, verse 40, and it says this, and with many other words, he testified, he speaking of Peter, and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. 
Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. I love that because baptism is a part of our church experience. Uh, right at the start, we see baptism being prioritized and emphasized. Uh, so maybe you have recently made a decision to follow Jesus or re recommit. I want to encourage you, maybe talk to uh, a pastor or a leader and inquire about being baptized. In that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. In verse 42, it says this, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread. Uh, that sounds good right now. Come on. How many know that uh, heaven is not going to be gluten-free? Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. And in prayers. Uh, then fear came upon every soul, every soul, and many wonders and signs were done uh, through the disciples. Now all who believe were together in all things in common and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily in one accord in temple and breaking bread from house to house. So we see gathering in the temple. We see gathering in the homes. We see this rhythm, this, this habit. Uh, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I believe that the Lord is going to add daily to cross and anchor those who, is, who are being saved. Hey, why don't we pray? But before we pray, um, if you're taking notes today, um, I want to title this conversation that we have uh, in the next few minutes, uh, How It Started. Let's keep it going. You know what I'm saying? How it started, let's keep it going. You know those memes uh, that on, on one side it's how it started, and maybe it's a photo from a throwback photo or a photo from the past, and then it translates to a new photo, maybe a glow up photo, and it says how it going, uh, how's it going. Uh, but I want to change it a bit. Let's talk about how it started, and let's keep it going. Hey, let's pray. Lord, help us to keep it going. Amen. Hey, uh, I recently just got married, uh, and uh, marriage is great, by the way. Uh, I'm about three months uh, married now, and with marriage uh, comes IKEA furniture, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and with our IKEA furniture, one of the things that uh, I have recently discovered uh, is that um, it takes a lot of work to build IKEA furniture. Um, and here's the thing, I am not very handy. You know, I would not say that I'm akin to Bob the Builder at all. Um, I am not really the most handy individual, so I've had to learn. Uh, one of the things I've learned uh, is that when it comes to IKEA furniture, i.e. the closet uh, that me and my wife now have in our place in the great uh, city of New York, is it comes with instructions, and it comes with uh, a manual. And uh, I'm not really the most patient person. Um, so uh, when I first started to, to, to build this furniture, I just wanted to like just take the pieces out of the, the box, put them out, and just kind of like do it any old way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to just figure this thing out. Like, I, why do I need the instructions? Well, I think the instructions are there because the instructions are actually showing us step by step the most effective way to build this particular piece of furniture. I don't just get to make it up. There were people who were smarter than me. 
uh, engineers, uh, architects, or whatever have you who have you know, put this in place um, in order so that you and I can follow along the instructions. I don't just get to make up how I build or what I build or why I build, etc. Um, and I think uh, when it comes to the house that he builds, I love it because the Bible gives us uh, some instructions or a blueprint uh, in the book of Acts. So I just want to look at a few things because you and I, we, just, we don't just get to make it, make it up. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't just get to pick and choose how and which you and I engage with the church. So I want to really talk about four things that I believe I, I see here in the book of Acts. And um, the first thing I, I love is that uh, the, the house that he builds is a learning church. The house that he builds is a learning church. It says they devoted themselves. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Some translations say they devoted themselves. You you know someone that's devoted to something? You ever met someone that's devoted to it? They're, They're obsessive, maybe a sports hobby or maybe a tech hobby or maybe... Uh, they're devoted to Zillow. They're just always on looking at how they're, they're, it's a habit. It's habitual. Uh, and uh, I believe that uh, you and I are called to be a devoted church that is devoted to learning. They were teachable. Someone say teachable. Hey, did you know that you are a disciple? Which means that you are a learner. One of the primary ways through which you and I uh, follow Jesus is by learning and devoting ourselves to his teaching. Uh, we don't just devote ourselves to anything. We don't just, we're not just a disciple because here's the, trend, here's the, here's the tension. Uh, something, is div- something is discipling you. <laughs> Everyone is being discipled by something. Every church, every member in every church, if we are not uh, habitually and intentionally being conscious of what we are learning. We are being learned and will be transformed by something. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do you and I renew our mind? We renew our mind by devoting ourselves to the teachings that are found in scripture. That is good news. That is good news. That is good news because you and I are now a group of people. We're the church and we are marked and we're called to form new habits. We're called to form new rhythms in our life. And one of those rhythms is devoting ourselves to the word. In Psalm chapter one, verse three, it says, blessed is the man who who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but he or she delights in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. I believe the church that Jesus is building is a church that devotes and meditates and delights in the scriptures. That you and I got to understand, my friends, that the scriptures and the teachings of the apostles and the teachings that you hear on a Sunday and the teachings that you unpack with friends, these teachings are not meant to restrict your life. Come on. They're not meant to, to inhibit your life. No, they're meant to bring freedom. Jesus says himself out of his own mouth that I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. And so often we don't feel blessed. That word blessed there in Psalm 1 and the scripture I just referenced means to be happy internally, to be fulfilled. So often 
we don't feel glad. If you look at the scripture in Acts 2, there's, there's talk of gladness and simplicity of heart and praising. I believe part of that is because they devoted themselves and meditated on the scriptures. And it does something on the inside of you when you get the scriptures in your heart, when you get the scriptures in your soul, when you meditate. Not just, not just, not just study. <laughs> not just, you know, not, not just like, you know, skim. I'm good at skimming. Anyone good at skimming? I'm good at skimming. No, when you get in the Word, when you allow it to speak to you, when you devote yourself to it, what happens is you become a new person on the inside. And I love that teaching was the first here. <laughs> because that lets me know that teaching actually does something. It actually changes my, my perspective. It changes how I engage with, with the world. It, it changes how I see the church. It, it changes how I see the people around me. Because the next thing that it says uh, is that they, 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 they shared or they, 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 they uh, fellowshiped and they broke bread. They fellowshiped uh, and they broke bread. And uh, I believe the, the church that Jesus is building is not only a learning church, but it's a loving church. Uh, it's a loving church. Because you don't just fellowship. By the way, we don't really use that word fellowship often, by the way. It's not like something, hey, hey, you want to fellowship today? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we fellowship? Fellowship. But uh, in, the, uh, in, in, in the New Testament, fellowship was a very strong word. It's, it wasn't just a, uh, hey, come on, let's get around and, 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 and just kind of hang out type of thing. No, it was this deep-rooted uh, connection to one another. And the connection is based off of, uh, particularly in this community here, the connection is based off of the unity that they, that they found uh, in who Jesus reveals himself to be. And you and I are the same. That the church is the assembly. Uh, literally, the word church in the Greek is called ecclesia, which simply means assembly. But we're not just in any assembly. We don't just gather in fellowship around any name. We gather and we fellowship around one name. That's what sets us apart. That we're loving. We're a loving church because we gather around the name of Jesus. And he says in his word that the world will know that you are my disciples by how you love one another. And how do we love one another? Sometimes we love one another by just breaking bread and having a meal together. And, and, and maybe, maybe it just looks like you just inviting some people over from church and saying, hey, let's hang out. Let's have some intentional conversations. Let's talk about some things that matter. Let's talk about the word together. Let's pray together. Let's, let's, let's do it. Because here's what I've learned in my own life, uh, is that God puts his voice in community. That God puts his voice in community, that, that I, am, I am changed and I am transformed in community. I got blind spots. You got blind spots. Anyone got blind spots? There are some things that I, I can't see. You ever been at a restaurant and you've been eating a salad and you leave and you were with friends and they saw it because you had stuff all in your teeth but you obviously didn't see it. You get home and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my goodness. Like, I can't believe that no one, like, you know, told me that I got, you know, whatever in my teeth or I got cheese or whatever. I can't believe that no one told me because you didn't, you didn't see it, uh, but everyone else around you saw it. 
And I think that's kind of the power of church, my friends. That's kind of the power of, of, of planting yourself in a community and fellowshipping and breaking bread uh, around the scriptures. Because here's the thing, there's some things in your life that you can't see. By the way, I just thought of this. Do you remember that scripture in Mark chapter 10 when Jesus, it says that he looked at, he looked at the rich young ruler. He looked at him and loved him. He looked at him. See, you need to, to plant yourself in a loving community, you need to plant yourself in a community and allow people to look into your life. Because a loving community is not just a community that just lets you just do anything you need to do, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of, no, no. A loving community devotes itself in the scriptures, and then what happens as we fellowship together, we kind of say, man, you know what? You know you got a new identity. You know that God started a good work in you. So therefore, I think you and I should, should begin to reflect that and I'm okay because I know that you love me and you know that I love you. I'm okay to maybe speak about some things in your world that maybe don't align to the new identity that you have in Christ because you and I are now a new community and we are a loving community. I want to tell you that we're going to fellowship. We're going to break bread. We're going to have a meal together in Jesus' name. And then they said they prayed. <laughs> How do you know that we're not just a loving church, we're not just a learning church, but we are a worshiping church. We are a worshiping church. Prayer speaks of worship by, uh, I, I'm ascribing worth to Jesus. I'm ascribing worth to my Father. I love that Jesus gives us the blueprint, by the way. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe you haven't prayed in a while. I want to just encourage you to read Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and Jesus just kind of gives us a template. Uh, you can just start with adoration, our Father. You can just spend some time worshiping God as your Father. Hallowed be your name. He's set apart. There's no one like him. Just, be, just find yourself having a relationship with Jesus. They devoted themselves to praying. They devoted themselves to praying. Just find yourself praying. Pray, my friend. Pray, 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 pray. Don't fall into the lie that your prayers don't matter. Don't, don't fall into the lie that your prayers don't make a difference. One of the primary ways to which God brings his kingdom in Detroit, as it is in heaven, is through your prayers. How do I know it? Because Jesus said it. <laughs> Imagine if every single person that calls this church home decided, you know what? I'm going to pray for God's kingdom to come in Detroit, as it is in heaven. I'm going to pray for God's kingdom to come in New Center, as it is in heaven. I want to pray for God's kingdom to come in Midtown, as it is in heaven. I want to pray for God's kingdom to come in Ferndale, as it is in heaven. I want to pray for God's kingdom to come downtown and in every school and in every family. I'm going to pray for God's kingdom to come in every ethnicity and every people group. I'm going to pray. Imagine what God can do through your prayers. Don't fall into the lie that your prayers don't matter, because James told us, the half-brother of Jesus, by the way, if there's any skeptics here watching this, if you could convince your brother that you're God, you're probably God, by the way. Just, just throwing it out there. Anyway, James tells us, James tells us that Elijah was a man, he was a human just like us, but he prayed earnestly in the prayers of a righteous person are effective. He prayed and it rained. He prayed for the rain to stop, and he prayed for the rain to start. And I think a praying church, you need to pray for, you need to pray and believe for God to stop some things. Maybe there's some things that, that God needs to stop. 
uh, in, in, in your life or in your family or in your relationship. There's some, there's some things that, that maybe don't reflect his character, don't reflect his nature, don't reflect his heart. Uh, there's some attitudes. That, Lord, I, I pray against that. I pray, uh, I pray that you would deliver us from the evil. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would shift that. Lord, then you need to pray for some things to start, like Elijah did pray that God would start new life and he would, he would start uh, new hope and hearts and bring new faith and that he would start, uh, he would start just uh, bringing salvation into people's hearts. Pray for God to stop some things, but also pray for God to release some things and to start some things. Why? Because your prayers matter, my friend. Your prayers matter. Why do we pray? We pray because our prayers matter and we pray because God wants to hear your voice. He wants a relationship with you. He says he already knows what he needs, but he wants you to express your trust to him as a good father. And the last thing that we see here is not only are we a, a learning church, a loving church, a worshiping church, we also are a witnessing church. Verse 47 says this, praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily, those who are being saved. That there is something different about a community that decides to be countercultural. There's something different about a community that says, you know what, I'm going to follow the ways of Jesus. That my prayer is that our lives will be a witness. Our prayer, anytime you get together, that people are going to look at your life they're going to look at your generosity. They're going to look at your humility toward one another, how you posture yourselves in relationships, how you praise God, how you praise God. They're praising God, how you, how you just say, God, you're worthy. See, your praise is a witness, my friend. When you have every reason not to praise, by the way, in, in, in a natural sense, based off of the year that we just had or, or based off of what looks, uh, what, what your bank account looks like or, or based off of whatever else uh, in favorable or unfavorable circumstance you find yourself. But we praise God, not based off of circumstances, no, we praise God on the basis of who he is. And as we lift up our countenance, as we lift up our heart, as we lift up our voice, as we show up on Sunday or once a month at the Garden Theater, and, or we show up to, to worship nights, as we, show, as we praise God, as we do these things, and we lift our voice, and we lift up our hands without the wrath or doubt, as we do these things, what happens is, that, that, that you are actually witnessing to the world. You're witnessing to your soul. You're witnessing to the people around you. And then what's going to happen is as we praise, I am changed by my praise. My praise changes me. My worship changes me. And then my life becomes a witness. Praise is not transactional, but praise does do something to my soul. It shifts my soul. And as I praise God, that becomes a witness. For this is the call of the church, to be empowered, to be a witness, to make disciples, to, to have our lives, to have our communities, to have our relationships, to have our marriages, to have our friendships, to, to have our parenting, to, to have all of these things be praiseworthy to God. For as they are praiseworthy to God, the world will come and look and see, oh, these people are different. Let us, let us, let us follow them. Let us, let us imitate their life. Let us see that that they are different 
Because Jesus said that the world would know that you are my disciples by how you love one another. So what I want to do is I want to pray for some people. Uh, I want to pray for one group of people, actually. I want to pray uh, just for some people to say yes to the house that he built. Say yes to following Jesus. Say yes to following his blueprint. Say yes to following his pattern. And I believe that as you do that, um, God's going to do something in your heart. So if that's you, wherever you are, maybe you raise your hand. Or maybe you put yes in the chat. Or maybe you text uh, a leader that you're connected to and say, you know what, I'm all in. Another thing in there, actually, uh, that I didn't speak about, but a fifth bonus point is that uh, uh, the house that he builds is a generous church. Uh, they shared, they, they were generous. They're, they're, what they had in their possession was not just, they didn't just see it through their own lens or how it could serve them. No, they saw how it could serve others. I want you to see your finances. I want to see your possessions. I want to see your home. I want to see everything that you have through how it can serve others. But right now, I want you to make a decision. The best decision that you can make is to say yes to being, the, being someone that builds the house of God, a fresh, a disciple of Christ that builds what he builds. So if that's you, why don't you just maybe lift your hand wherever you are in your room, in your apartment, or put yes in the chat, or text the leader, and I pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. I thank you that you always, always do your work through submitted and surrendered disciples. So Lord, bless us, keep us. I do thank you that the best is yet to come, that you started a good work in our church, in this church, in this city, and you will complete it. So thank you, Father. We give you all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey, I love you, church. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for leaning in. Uh, and I truly can't wait to see that all God has in store for you in 2021 and beyond. The best is truly yet to come. Thank you for listening to the Cross and Anchor podcast from Detroit, Michigan. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and share this with others. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. And let's live our lives on purpose this week.